This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. It's the Morning Bulletin here on the Blood Red channel as we bring you your must-know stories from this morning's reports. I'm Guy Clark and on Wednesday the 9th of September, these are your top stories. Trent picks up PFA award as Reds dominate Team of the Year. Reds open for business as Rian Brewster's stance is made clear. Klopp to sit down with Wijnaldum as contract saga drags on. Barcelona's Coutinho plan, which could give Liverpool a transfer windfall. And Leeds eye former Reds target ahead of visit to Anfield. All of that to come on the morning bulletin from Blood Red. And alongside me as ever is Matt Addison. Matt, how are we? Yeah, very good, thanks. Uh, not the best uh, game for, for anybody who watched England last night. We've just been discussing it, haven't we? It was a, a pretty boring match, so I, for one, cannot wait for the Premier League to start and some actual exciting football to come back. So, yeah, as we keep saying, the, the countdown is on. It is edging closer, but it does seem to be taking a long time to, to pass, doesn't it, this week? Yeah, it does. With Certainly with the game last night, I have to say, I, I was a bit worried that either you or I might oversleep this morning, given what we watched last night and given it did send us all to sleep. But anyway, let's crack on with the morning's top stories. And I suppose the new season couldn't start without all the loose ends from the last one being tied up. And we finally have the PFA Player and Young Player of the Year winners revealed last night. Uh, as well as the team of the year, of course. And there's cause for celebration for one Trent Alexander-Arnold, yet maybe disappointment in the main category for the Reds, Matt. Yeah, Trent Alexander-Arnold, of course, picking up the Young Player of the Year award. Never in doubt, I don't think, the first Liverpool player to win that award since Steven Gerrard in 2001. So, yeah, massive celebrations for him. There's been lots of, of reaction on our YouTube channel as a a little bit of an interview with Trent Alexander-Arnold explaining, you know, what it means to to win that award and that sort of thing. So, you know, it, it's obviously a big deal. The fact that Liverpool haven't had a player who's won it for 19 years. The fact that Trent was, you know, such a, an obvious winner. I mean, we we went through on Blood Red on Monday the the sort of contenders for this young player award, and Trent for me was the only obvious one to win it. I mean, Marcus Rashford was there as well. One or two others on that list had really good seasons, but. You know, Trent Alexander-Arnold, what was it, 13 assists in the Premier League, breaking his own record from the previous season. He was just absolutely exceptional for Liverpool and, and absolutely pivotal as well in them winning the Premier League title. So for me, it was uh, a pretty obvious decision. And to be honest, I think it was a, a fairly obvious decision as well. Um, I know Liverpool will be disappointed not to have won uh, the main PFA Player of the Year award. But for me, you know, Kevin De Bruyne was the best player in the Premier League last season despite the fact that, that Liverpool won the league by so many points. So, you know, in, in previous seasons, we've seen Mohamed Salah and Virgil van Dijk have won it when Manchester City have won the league and, and won the league by uh, a similar or possibly even the same number of points, didn't they, a couple of seasons ago. So, yeah, Kevin De Bruyne, for me, a worthy winner. Uh, I don't think realistically you can complain about either of those two award winners. So, yeah, Pep Guardiola, proven wrong. Of course, uh, a few months ago, he said... You know, these awards are only ever for Liverpool players. Well, Kevin De Bruyne certainly now um, has proven that to be not the case. So, yeah, I think it was uh, an important one for, for Kevin De Bruyne to win it. I think it was the right decision for him. And in terms of the team of the year, Liverpool, as you say, dominating that as well. So, yeah, rightly so, in my opinion, a fantastic season. But, uh, yeah, it, it almost seems really bizarre to be talking about it at this stage because... We are, as we say, just a couple of days away from the new season and we're still talking about the last one. 
Yeah, it does seem strange. I think five of the 11 for the team of the year coming from Liverpool, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Virgil van Dijk, Andy Robertson, Jordan Henderson and Sadio Mane. No place for Mohamed Salah. But I don't know about you, Matt, but it just makes me even more excited to see what Trent Alexander-Arnold could go on and do. And I suppose only time will tell. But now we'll move on to one that we did discuss yesterday. And at the time, we were hoping that it was merely newspaper speculation. Yet Mike McGrath, than the uh, Telegraph seem to have been there or thereabouts on Rian Brewster's future. Uh, from our man Paul Gorst at the Echo, Matt, what do we know? Yeah, as we said yesterday, it was uh, not a situation that we saw coming and, and didn't want to be the case, but it appears that all possibilities are open for Rian Brewster this summer, which includes, of course, the possibility of him being sold. So no decision, it is important to state, uh, is has been made yet. He's obviously away with the under-21s at the moment. There's still, you know, what is there, four or so weeks left in the, the transfer market. But what we do know is that Liverpool potentially could look to sell Rian Brewster if the price is right. So it's going to be interesting to see what that price tag is, at least £20 million, you would imagine. But for me, considerably more, really, when you look at some of the other deals, even in this COVID transfer market that we're in, that are going ahead. So, you know, Aston Villa yesterday uh, agreed at an initial £28 million uh, fee for Ollie Watkins, obviously a player who's done exceptionally well in the championship, but £28 million initially could rise to as much as 33 I believe. So, you know, for, for someone like him who is not really uh, proven at the top level, that sort of is a, a similar price tag, of course, to Rian Brewster because he's proven himself in the championship last season. He's not really done it at the top level yet, but you'd imagine, similar to Ollie Watkins, he would be able to to make that step up. So that sort of £28 million fee, I think, is probably, for me, the benchmark that Liverpool would have to set. So, look, there's been plenty of, of teams in for him. Aston Villa were one of those teams who've registered an interest. The fact that they have now spent £28 million on Watkins suggests to me that maybe they, they don't want uh, either Rian Brewster or Divock Origi, who they've also been linked with. You know, Crystal Palace and, <clears throat> and Newcastle United have also been linked with him. Bought Palace yesterday, signing Michi Bakshwai on loan. Newcastle have already bought Callum Wilson. You wonder whether those two are now out of the window in terms of those two being options as well. So Burnley, Brighton and Fulham are all there as well. Again, it, it comes back to that price tag. If we're looking at, at the very least, £20 million, I wonder whether someone like Burnley has got that sort of money to be spending. Brighton as well, you have to ask the same question. And even Fulham, you know, I'm sure they've got, you know, several things that they would like to do in the transfer market this summer. They're not going to do what they did last time. They came up and, and spend over a hundred million, I wouldn't think. So again, the question has to be asked really. Liverpool will have a price tag in mind that they want to get for Ian Brewster if they do let him go. You wonder how many Premier League clubs could actually afford that. So now, I'm sure there'll be other clubs who are keen. Sheffield United, I believe, are one of them. The same question can be asked of them. But I suppose that the most important thing for, for Liverpool really would be it wouldn't just be the fee. There would be some sort of buyback deal in place. There would be a sell-on clause so that when or if Ryan Brewster becomes the player that we think he's going to become, Liverpool could then go back and, and possibly re-sign him or at the very least make a significant amount of money when he makes that next move. So at the moment for me, I think a, a loan deal would be best, but there's a long time to go in the window. And to be honest, I think a lot of this decision will come down to Rian Brewster. If someone was to put the money on the table, 
if Ryan Brewster was to say that he wanted to leave. And, you know, the only reason he signed for Liverpool in the first place, he used to play for Chelsea until he was about 15, I believe. Um, certainly signed from Chelsea at, at around that age. And the idea really was that, you know, at Chelsea, there was no significant path to the first team. Nobody had ever done that before at that time. He wanted then to come to Liverpool. Him and his parents decided it was the best thing for him to come to Merseyside because that was the quickest way for him to get first team football. So over the last sort of five or so years, that has always been the idea for him to, to come and play Premier League football at the quickest possible opportunity. So I think there is some sort of uh, suggestion really that he would like to go and do that. For me though, I think it, it has to be a loan. Uh, he can go on loan to a, a Premier League club. Um, to be honest, I think he would get enough chances um, at Liverpool this season. I know we've talked about this a lot. There is going to be a lot of matches in quick succession. If Ryan Brewster you know, can be convinced that there is going to be enough chances for him at Liverpool, you do wonder you know, whether he should stick around. And, and to be honest, that would be my preference at the moment. But of course, there is the sort of financial thing to, to think about as well. And I spoke to Kieran Maguire this week, Liverpool, maybe not as desperate for money um, as you know, possibly has been painted out. I think they are making it a conscious decision really to to sort of use it a long-term strategy. There's a couple of pieces out on the Echo uh, this morning from that. And of course, you can go back and, and listen to the podcast itself as a fuller explanation than, than what I can give now. But Liverpool not in absolute desperate need of, of finances in order to fund other deals. But I think in their, in their long-term planning, if, for example, Ryan Brewster was to leave, they could then get in you know, one of their targets. We know, for example, that they are quite big fans of, of Ismail Assar at Watford, potentially, you know, if Ryan Brewster leaving was to fund a deal for him. You know, that's a, a decision over the next few weeks that Liverpool would have to take. So, look, it's going to be a, a really interesting few weeks. For me, though, there should be other players who are sold before Ryan Brewster. And, and certainly for me, I can think of, you know, a, a good two or three who should be on that list before him. But look, it's, it's not my decision, is it? I think it's a, a decision that Liverpool will make sooner rather than later. Um, and if Ryan Brewster is to leave, I think there'll be a fair few Liverpool fans left disappointed. Yeah, I think there will be. And I think if he does leave, of course, it will be amid a, a web of transfer clauses and windfalls that Liverpool could yet benefit from further down the line. As you say, a buyback clause probably high on the, the priority list of any deal. Well, still to come, almost three years on from his sale, Liverpool looks set to profit even further from their record sale of Felipe Coutinho and Jurgen Klopp to thrash out Ginny Wijnaldum's future, perhaps within the next week. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, he's been spoken of as a priority, some kind of make-weight and even compared to Emre Chan, but could Liverpool be set to keep Jeannie Wijnaldum? Matt, the Mail this morning have a piece on this. What are they saying? Yeah, apparently Jeannie Wijnaldum is going to hold talks with Jurgen Klopp once he's back from international duty, of course, with the Netherlands. So, He's obviously been away this week, like a lot of the players who play for, for European teams. So there's no sign at this stage that he will leave or that he's pushing to leave. But we do believe that, that Barcelona are keen on him. And Ronald Koeman, of course, his former Netherlands manager, would like to take him to Barcelona. So there is a, a decision to be made. I think Liverpool are happy for him to stay. I think Wijnaldum will only leave this summer if he really pushes 
to go to Barca. But at this stage, there's no talks either way for, for that transfer to take place or for him to sign a new deal. So I think it's a, a difficult situation really for Liverpool. I think if he does stick around, there's no no sort of uh, idea that he wouldn't play or anything like that. I think, as we saw with Emery Chan, he was a, a key player in the season that he left. I think it was 26 appearances in the Premier League he made before he then left on a free transfer. Someone like Gini Wijnaldum, you'd imagine, would play even more than that, given he only missed one Premier League match last season. He is a, a crucial player. So there is still a good chance that he will stick around. I think Liverpool would prefer not to lose him, of course, on a, a free transfer next summer. But I would imagine that that would be the preferred option at this stage would be to lose him then rather than sell him now on a, a cheaper deal. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. If Barcelona really do push for him and he really does push for a move, I think that move could well take place. If he did leave, of course, you have to imagine that that current stance on Thiago not being an active target at this stage, you'd imagine that would have to change because, you know, Gini Wijnaldum, as I say, 37 Premier League appearances last season. He's a, a, a hugely influential player for, for Liverpool, one of the first names on the team sheet pretty much week in, week out. You couldn't let him go without having a replacement lined up. So, yeah, plenty to be done, I think, in, in that regard. And I think possibly we should know a little bit more after these talks with Jurgen Klopp have taken place, possibly before the Leeds game or certainly in the week that follows. Yeah, it is an interesting one that we will keep a look on. Paul Gorst, of course, did say during the lockdown that Liverpool would look to crack on with a new deal for Wijnaldum. Since then, of course, as you say, there haven't been any talks just yet, but maybe things getting clearer for the Reds and now looking to maybe get a deal sorted. The Echo, as always, will be right across it and on top of the very latest. But from Wijnaldum then on to Coutinho, it's getting on now for nearly three years since he left yet yes here we are talking about him yet again uh, no talk of a return that one does seem to very much have been put to bed but Matt with Barcelona looking to reintegrate him this summer after of course he played that starring role in that Champions League demolition of them 8-2 in the Champions League semi-final uh, we're reading that Liverpool could yet still profit even more from the deal to sell him back in January 2018 as Gorsty does point out on the echo yeah, of course, there was the, the story when Bayern Munich won the Champions League that Liverpool would uh, sort of get financial benefit from that. That wasn't true at the time, but this one, it appears, is true. If Coutinho does stay, which now appears to be the most likely situation after he held talks with Ronald Koeman since that final for Bayern Munich a few weeks ago, if he plays 15 more appearances, that would take him to 90 matches for Barcelona in total. And that would give Liverpool an extra €5 million, Euros, which is about £4.4 million. So, yeah, Coutinho's agent, Kia Jurapkin, says that Koeman held talks with him after the Champions League final, told him that he wanted him to stay. Coutinho wants to stay, he wants to prove himself at Barcelona. And he actually returned to training early for, for fitness and momentum and that sort of thing heading into the new season. So... It looks like he is set to stay. Um, it's going to be really interesting next season with Barcelona in, in so many regards. Lionel Messi, Coutinho, Dembele, Griezmann. Lots of individual stories who, who've all been, well, at the very least, linked with a move, if not you know, more than, than that, you would say, certainly in the case of Messi. Um, so it's, it's going to be a fascinating season for them. Obviously, their first season for Ronald Koeman, a big overhaul for, for him to oversee. So... It's going to be really interesting. And I think Coutinho, obviously, for, for Liverpool um, is of interest still as well, even 
you know, so many years after he left Liverpool. But look, it's I think the best move for, for him to make this summer would be for, for him to stay. Um, I think if Barcelona play him, we know how good a player he is. I think they have far more uh, bigger priorities to sort out this summer than you know finding a buyer and then a replacement for Felipe Coutinho. So, look, he's, he's a brilliant player. He's probably never going to be £142 million worth of player, but he is better than the disaster that he is sometimes painted out to be at Barcelona. So, I'm glad for, for him that he's staying. I'm glad from a Liverpool perspective that he's not coming to the Premier League to one of Liverpool's rivals. I think that would have you know, hurt a fair few Liverpool fans, I think. And look, for, for him, he's still, what, 28 now, I think. He's, he's still at a good age to be able to kick on and, and put his career back on track. I mean, but it almost feels harsh to, to say that, given you know he's played for, for Bayern Munich and done pretty well when the Champions League played a fairly influential role there. He's now gone back to Barcelona and I think he does have something to prove there. But I think he's obviously got more than enough talent for that to be the case. Yeah, I lose track of the, the figures involved sometimes. You said they're the £142 million. It's difficult to remember exactly what of that Liverpool have recouped and what could still yet be to come, but we will keep an eye on that. I suppose if any recruitment phase is sort of to, to be pinned up as the example of how to do it, it has to be that sale alongside the signings, of course, of Virgil van Dijk, Alisson Becker and Fabinho. What a golden period that was for Liverpool. But before we go this morning, we like to have a look at what the rivals are doing from time to time here on the morning bulletin and whilst they might not be a challenger for the title this season Leeds United will be rivals this weekend of course as they head to Anfield on Saturday evening to get the new Premier League season underway and uh, well though this deal might not get done in time for him to play Matt it seems as though they've set their sights rather ambitiously on a former Liverpool target according to reports in France. Yeah, it's a really interesting one. Julian Draxler, obviously a player that, as you say, Liverpool have been interested in before. I think when he went to PSG, they were interested in a 30 or £35 million move for him. Stagnated a little bit, I think it's fair to say, in Paris. But yeah, Leeds apparently are going to go for him. Uh, seem to be going for it. Obviously signed Rodrigo for, what was it, about £30 million from Valencia already this summer. But yeah, it appears that while Leeds are interested in Draxler, Draxler isn't necessarily interested in Leeds. I don't think he's prepared to, to leave Paris just yet. I think he's probably on a fair bit of money there, even if he doesn't play too often. Still only 26. I think it's an important next move for him. But I think it's more likely that he will move on next summer, given that he doesn't appear to want to leave. But you no, know, let's you know suppose hypothetically that, that Leeds did get this deal over the line. I think that would be obviously a, a really exciting signing for them. I think he's obviously still a very good player. Had a couple of injuries and, and struggled to get into that PSG team at times. But you know, we know how good a player he is. He's played at, at the highest level for PSG in the Champions League. He's played, obviously, for Germany at the highest level as well. So... It would be a really exciting thing for the Premier League to, to get in that player. And to be honest, I'm surprised that it's only just Leeds who are in for him. It doesn't appear that there's anybody else particularly interested. But you know, for a player of that talent with only a year left on his contract, I'm slightly surprised that, that one or two other teams haven't come in for him as well. And I don't think Liverpool necessarily would be one of those teams. But you'd imagine there's a few other clubs, not just in the Premier League, but in, in different leagues around Europe as well, that you know, Julian Draxler could be a player that could have uh, made a, a bit of a difference for them. But uh, yeah, it doesn't look like the deal will get done uh, this summer, certainly not before Liverpool play Leeds on Saturday afternoon. But 
certainly one to keep an eye on because it's a, a player I like and I'd be quite happy to see him in the Premier League somewhere. Yeah, you and I both. He was obviously the, the pin-up boy for the next generation of German football, as you say. That move to PSG maybe stunted that somewhat, but he does still have a lot of football left in him and it would be interesting to see him in the Premier League. Well, that's all from us this morning here on the Bulletin. Remember to keep an eye on the Echo throughout the course of the day. Of course, you can find the Daily Transfer blog there as well, which has all the big Liverpool transfer news in one place for you, as well as, of course, the twice-daily newsletter. The uh, link for signing up to the newsletter, all we need is your email address is in the description of the podcast, and the top Liverpool stories will find their way directly to your inbox. Also, keep across the Blood Red podcast platforms. Thanks, as always, for your continued support. Wherever it is, you get your audio on demand, and, of course, we do also have the dedicated Blood Red YouTube channel, both of course featuring match chat with football finance expert Kieran Maguire. Do go and check it out if you haven't already. But from myself, Guy Clark and Matt Addison alongside us, thanks for joining us here on the Morning Bulletin. That's all for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.